0: Welcome to the Finding Refuge podcast. My name is Michelle Cassandra Johnson and I am so glad you're here. This podcast emerged from work based in the exploration of collective grief and liberation. It exists to remind us about all the ways we can find refuge during unsettling and uncertain times. Today's episode is with Ashley Williams. And Ashley is a colleague and comrade of mine. I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation. Ashley Williams is a yoga therapist and mindfulness educator with 12 years' experience in the fields of education, behavioral and mental health, and community programming in Richmond, Virginia. As a builder and weaver, She bridges mindfulness, diversity, wellness, and inclusion on micro and macro levels to achieve equitable, socially stable, and conscious spaces for individual and collective care. She is the founder of Bare Soul Yoga and Wellness, a community-based organization initially created to offer accessible yoga offerings and Mindful on Life, a curriculum-based program dedicated to transforming community through the practice of mindfulness education. As an advocate for diverse representation, accessible self-care, and overall well-being, she has strategically built community-centered yoga and mindfulness programs in schools, health systems, government agencies, faith-based organizations, and businesses. Ashley continues to create spaces that offer mindful-based living practices to encourage self-exploration, awareness, authenticity, and build community for the collective good. The next venture is The Well Collective, a community space for conscious well-being that centers intergenerational healing modalities, wellness workshops, yoga, and local black source apothecary. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Michelle. We just did this a few minutes ago. We said (laughs) hello and caught up, but we're doing it again because I pushed the record button um thanks for saying yes to being a guest on the fighting refuge podcast
1: yeah thank you for the invitation i am humbled and honored to be here i'm so happy you
0: are you are here um and i'm trying to remember when we met i feel like we met in charlotte but maybe we met before then i know i saw you in charlotte at amplify activate And then we're, I'm from Richmond too. And so I know we started talking, but we may have met before then. I'm not,
1: I don't remember. Yeah, I believe it was at Amplify yesterday. You're reminding me that that was in Charlotte. I don't know where I thought that was initially. And then I believe after that, like the Asheville Yoga Festival and Richmond Connection with um, Amber and yeah. So being in the same company since then.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm glad, I'm glad we, we connected. So I would love for you to share some about who you are and however, I always say, however you want to answer, um, what you do in the world, who you are, what you're about.
1: I am Ashley Janae Williams. I am the granddaughter of James Russell Bennett and Marie Virginia Bennett, as well as Franklin Roosevelt Williams and Betty Ruth Williams. And so That is really important to me because it has allotted me to also really build that connection with my parents, Franklin Roosevelt, William II, and Wanda um, Bennett-Williams as well. And so we are, and I am, um, from Prince George, Virginia, and um, currently I reside in Richmond, Virginia, which is the land of the Chickahominy tribe, as well as um, Palatine, and so I, it's been really important for me uh, over the past, I would probably say, decade, and specifically the past few years, to really kind of understand my lineage, um, not just who I am and where I come from, but also where I reside and the environment. And so, me sharing at this moment that I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Um holds really true to me especially as a black woman um black and african-american woman because richmond and how i see it and it's really important to the work that i do is um i usually define it as the epicenter of oppression or at least one of the epicenters of oppression and oppressive systems in our country because between richmond and fort monroe which is right down the street it's where enslaved um first landed in our country and over the past couple of years I've really understood how that's shaped my experience from a young girl to my experience as a daughter and as a friend Um, my experience um, as a community member in my space my experience as someone that has that has um, certain privileges of education and socioeconomic status but then also just really knowing who I am, um, and my identity. And so knowing where I've resided has been so important too. And over the past couple of years, um, my own healing has been really pivotal to how I show up in this world. And, um, what do I do? I'm a yoga therapist and I graduated from Maryland university of integrative health in 2017. And so I mentioned that because at the time, my work was really centered around the vehicle, like using the vehicle of yoga for health and well-being, um, specifically in the Black community, really to be a space and be a person of representation of healing and self-care. First and foremost, my friends and my family. And over the past couple of years, I've had the opportunity to create a um, space, a community-based organization called Bare Soul Yoga. And our whole mission has been to create accessible and approachable space to create really a diverse environment for community healing. So for self-care individually, but then collective care. And over the past couple of years, it has really just created a space for community engagement. And that has really landed me with all the ways that I show up right now. My core values, which I always want to mention because I realize that they're my why and they really have guided me into my my own power. Right. And then um, and so they are love, right, and liberation and community. And sometimes I'll kind of um synonymously use community and connection together, but those mm-hmm. have guided. You know, who I am and how I've showed up, not just here in Richmond, but um, in my own life for my own growth, but then also for um, how I show up a part of the bigger picture um, of our world.
0: I love you shared your core values and that you connect them with the why, right? Why you do what you do and why you do it in the way you do. You mentioned your own healing process when you were talking about where you're from. and how important it is to understand where we're from and also how that affects us. And you also mentioned Richmond, which I know well because it's my hometown, being one of the epicenters of oppression. And I mean, the the ports are there where the ships came in that brought enslaved folks. And so I'm curious to know more about your your own healing process and um, anything you wanna share about what you've learned through your healing process or what the process was like related to where you're from and the place you're in, the physical place, the place you reside.
1: Oh, that's such a story and it's so um, so present for me. So I started with the first time that healing was very present in my world. And when I identified that my own healing, my own self-care uh, needed to happen for me to show up. but in 2013, I lost my aunt. And in this moment, I say that my aunt transitioned um, Mm -hmm. into our ancestral realm. Um, In that moment, it was that I lost, which was huge grief in that space. And I'm definitely shifted into a space of gratitude, but she passed away from cancer and she was the matriarch of our family. Her name's Josephine, says Nora Bennett. And she was a matriarch of our family. She exuded grace and her eulogy was maintained constant love. Um, which hints one of my core values and something that's really guided me into my work, into my own self-love. But she was a social worker here in Richmond. And she was also a woman of Delta Sigma Theta, which I'm also a soror as well. And her passing really was the first time that I was aware of the loss and the grief that was being experienced in my life. It was also the first time that I like witnessed it in my family. And then third it was the first time that I really witnessed that I didn't actually have the tools to care for my like internal well-being. And so during that time I was also going through a lot of transition and it was showing up for me in anxiety. It was showing up for me in depression. It was showing up for me in unhelpful behaviors and My family is very faith-based and um, very religious in those times. And so I lost like all faith. Like I was disconnected to my experience. I lost all faith in any type of spiritual realm or religion. And I just remember like sitting down and saying, like praying like, God, I really need you to show up right now. I actually don't know that I could um, move forward with, out, some type of sign that this is all okay. And I led myself, or spirit led me to yoga. And it was yoga at a gym because I was a student and I had a gym membership. Um, but I just remember sitting there at that first class, and during Shavasana was the first time that I felt connected to my body. It was the first time that I had cried in months after her thing. And um, I was like, I got to keep coming back. And so at that moment in time, I realized that my own self-care and my own healing was pivotal to how I showed up. Because in the moment, I was also a um, mental behavioral counselor, health counselor, and I was working with youth and young adults from all different socioeconomic statuses, from all different backgrounds and ethnicities, but primarily African-American young boys and girls and their parents. And I was showing up to work with a community in which I was experiencing similar emotional experiences, but hadn't made that connection. And so I realized that I needed to take care of myself. And from that moment on, I, it's been a commitment to really understand what it means to connect with myself and to continue to get clear on what's happening in my experience. And yoga was that practice for me, and so that's led to the work that I've um, like that I've started. But then I've also realized that like my self healing practice has changed over the past couple of years. So in one moment, it had been the practice of like asana, an intentional breath, and in moments for me to then find stillness, and then it's turned into very relational, where my healing has involved like really being in community and being present with my family members, being really present with the people that I have found support and love in, and and being able to practice presence with them, and then now recently especially over the course of this past year and all that 2020 brought with us having this like collective grief and then really having to understand my own experience and response of, you know, how am I this in this moment? How am I able to care or become aware of like how I'm responding to Um, racial injustice as a Black woman or the devaluing of the Black body and mind as a Black woman? Um, How am I able to support my community in Richmond as we have, we had um, protests and, you know, we have monuments and then looking at the monuments and asking what's my experience as I take these in, and just understanding generational and racial, like all of those things in my identity, like this past year has literally just, of course, really just brought them to like, how are you doing? Like, how am I? And the one thing that rang true for me for self-healing this year was, I needed to rest my mind and my body, right? I needed to really get to understand my own history um. The history of my mom, the history of my dad, Mm. the history of their experiences, my grandmothers and, um, my grandfather who's still alive. And then that comes from Richmond. So really understanding the history of Richmond in which I'm doing this like healing work. So really understanding, um, why we're the epicenter of oppression, how has oppression showed up and getting really clear of what has been around me. So Self healing for me this year has just been heightened awareness of all of my experiences and all of my roles and environments, um, which has been now most recently led me to more energy healing work. And it's helped me understand what I've taken in, in my mind, and then helped me work with like my more emotional and spiritual bodies. And so over the past seven months, um, it's been a commitment of myself to up until recently ensuring that I'm working with an energy healer weekly and taking moments to journal about those experiences and taking moments to really speak about them, to make them real and to really understand what happens in those moments of stillness for me, but then also why there are certain energy present, like really deciphering it all and getting to know myself from an energetic mm-hmm. standpoint and calling in my ancestors as I do this work. Cause I, I realize that a lot of the work that I'm doing individually for myself right now. So I would definitely say the self-healing process has really been about just like heightening my awareness in all ways.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing about your your journey really and and practice and also how your practice has shifted over time based on what's going on um, around you inside you and your family as well and just your environment i have two different questions that i i can not ask at the same time Mm -hmm. but one is about the the energy and one's about ancestors and they may actually be related um they probably are so i'm i'm curious about the energy work you're doing and uh, what you've noticed about your your own energy and what you carry or how other energies affect you, and the question about ancestors is uh, a lot of times people wonder how to develop a practice of being in relationship with their ancestors. Even though we're always in relationship with our ancestors, it's more like developing some awareness and consciousness around it. So I'm curious to know if there's some you would share about something you'd share about your your practice or relationship with your, your ancestors. And I'm asking this because when you spoke about ancestors and the work you're doing to heal yourself, you acknowledge that it's also about healing folks in your bloodline, people who came before you, perhaps wounds or traumas that you didn't even, you haven't experienced in this lifetime, but that you carry with you. And, and it made me think about, oh, you're healing your bloodline. And you're also thinking about healing yourself and healing into the future. So that's where the question is from, like your energy and what you notice about your energy, given the work you're doing to work with someone who can help you understand energy more deeply or remember. And this question about ancestors and your relationship with ancestors and your practices.
1: I've always been drawn to energy work. And so that's one thing that I know about my grandma and, um, one thing that I didn't quite understand, but uh, when I was a child and as I got older, my mother and my father would say that my grandma, Betty, um, was always really connected to spirit and in those moments, them not understanding spirit, honestly, it was like a voodoo or, um, something that they, necessarily didn't say negatively, but there was just a lack of awareness probably of what that meant. And so for me being connected to spirit, I didn't ever dive deep into. And so now as I've been on my own healing journey, I've practiced yoga and, you know, I've moved to meditation, it's been an understanding that I'm able to share with my family. Right. So it's been like My grandma Betty has passed away. And so I haven't been able to ask her the questions what that meant for her. I just have stories and honestly stories that I'm not sure that there are certain people in my family really understood. And um, a few years ago, I was like, I really want to embrace this because the deeper that I got to know myself, the more um, I felt connected to the spiritual realm beyond just the religion and which was right in front of me. And by spiritual realm ancestors and intuition and, um, the universe and then the power greater than me and God and really feeling like I, um, fell in love with myself when I really understood there was something bigger than me and that I just needed to have a clearer vessel to really understand what my path was in life. And so even when my aunt passed away, um, I had started getting more into um, spiritual guidance, and I just remember one time, um, one of my spiritual guides said, "You know, you always have an angel with you. Do you feel her presence? And just know that your path is being guided by her, and that you should always feel supported." And from that moment, and from that day, it really connects to the work that I'm doing right now. I have seen the number seven seventeen. And every day, every day since that day in my world, and and it's just been there. And um, I really looked into it. And so I dive deeper into what that means for my world. And um, I figured I found out that my life path numbers were 11, seven and eight. And they're just the numbers the numerology, I dive deeper into that. And so just the energy around All of the signs in the spiritual realm has just really called me and it feels like home um, in a way that, in a way that I just want to know more. And so from those spaces, um, I also realized like I know in my body when I'm not on the right path and I know in my body when I am on the right path. And that's only come from me diving deeper into energy. As I've done my energy work, that's really connected me to want to know more about my ancestors, all of the people that came before me. Um, and I remember I want to say it's probably last year or within the past year, and people like you and Tracy Stanley and Um, Octavia Rahim and just really hearing the relationship between ancestors and spirit and path really just really set a tone and laid a foundation on maybe how I would look at that and so I remember last year being really angry right like I was so overwhelmed with emotion like in a space of anger um, but also in a space of like oh I want to know more and I just started. And I think there's certain practices that each of you had and offered when it came to connection of ancestors. And I just started using, using them. And it was at a time of uncertainty. And it was this time where it's just like, I don't actually understand what's happening around me. Like I see it and I understand it. And I know that it's connected. And I know that I have a role in it as we all do. And so continue to ask it daily. I set up an altar in my home and things that I had had from, you know, things that my aunt and crystals that I had that um, really reminded me of her. I placed those on them. Um, I had some things that have come throughout the city. I've visited various like historical plantations and old like slave markets and just things that really felt like this is what I need to really understand my own liberation and to really call in the support and which I know is there, but I'm not quite sure like where, and honestly, it just became a daily practice of understanding in my body, how I felt oppressed and really understanding how that showed up and then actively doing and actively making decisions and creating actions that, felt liberating and free for me and questioning my, 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 own mindset. But then also in that same breath, calling in the support of those that came before me who really like guide me. And so it's just been an always call forth. And like, as I did energy healing work, I started holding and got called to hold at the 17th Street Market, and so that is um, right in Taco Bottom, and my work just really led me there. And so when I say my life path numbers are 11 and 7 and 1, um, it wasn't until like a year after that I was like, "Oh, I'm supposed to be at the 17th Street Market. Like this is supposed, to, this is right." And so we started holding classes there as a unit. Um, and when I say we, Bear Soul, each time that we hold class there. And each time that, you know, we actually intentionally called in the support of our ancestors, or I called in the support of our ancestors, like they showed up in very, very profound ways. And, and we started in 2018. I um, mean, so we're at our third year right now, but each time that we did that and each year, there's a higher energy, and there's more guidance, like right in front of me, and it shows up as numerology. It shows up as um, my the person who I work with with energy healing. She showed up and she said, "I'm I'm here to guide you um, and hold space for you because your work is big." And I don't know what that means, but I'm asking if I can support it by ensuring that um, that your energy has the capacity to hold it, to do this work. And I said, yes. And it came at a time when I said, I need to take care of myself, which was at the beginning of this year, like as we were experiencing um, COVID and I mean, as we still are, um, but still really in the midst of it. And it's just been very guided in that way. And so each time that I go, I find more of a home inside of myself. And each time that I go, there's always a message, right? Um, Sometimes directly from my ancestors and the ancestors. And sometimes it's a, it's a message that I feel like I already know, but it's really clear. and, And so it's really always affirming. So I know that I'm in the right place and it continues to speak very clearly in those ways. And so it, it keeps me grounded and continuously wanting to place my own healing first, as well as to place the importance of honoring what's come before me. And then also like what's coming after me. And I've seen it all actually not to show up in my own family unit, but like in my community as well.
0: That's mm-hmm. so powerful, the connection you made between the the energy practice work and ancestors and listening, intuition too, like listening to the ancestors and also messages and and guides and understanding when you are somewhere on purpose, right? Being able to feel that in your body and the way that, or when you're like not on track, feeling that in your body and that feels like that's about intuition and a connection with intuition and and just deep listening, which I think practice contemplative practice can help us lean into this like way of listening and then responding. And I'm so struck by bare soul because the name, because I think so much of what you're talking about is soul work and the vulnerability that can come from being an open vessel or channel in the way that you described. And I I know we spoke at the beginning of the pandemic. I don't know if you remember, we like zoomed. It was, it was almost, it was like a year. I don't even know. It was. I feel like it was warm outside though, but I was, because I was downstairs um, sitting in the screening area, but I can't remember when it was. And you were like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm fine though. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And since then, I feel like so much has happened. So you, I don't know what the process was like for you, but witnessing Um, just from reading your writing on social media and knowing what you're up to. It seemed like a lot was in motion, but you made space to be like, I don't know. And it's okay. And I'm fine. And I think one of the things that happened is, do you have physical space for bare soul now? Um, Yes, I saw that. And I knew that and would love for you to talk some about any of what I just named, like making the space to be like, I'm not sure and it's okay. And also transitioning from, I know you're in community and you also have a physical space, which is different, I'm sure. I'd love to hear some about it.
1: Yeah. So, um, what's really beautiful is um, everything when I say is numerology it has been super interesting. So, on um, 729 July, 29th of 2020. Um, one of my dear friends, um, Suzanne Burns, who is the owner of a studio here, she, we went on a walk. And this probably around the time that we talked to each other, because I was like, I just am going to travel. I don't know what to do. I'm gonna travel, I'm gonna pick one place in this world to go and stay at for 30 days. I don't want any responsibility. I'm just gonna do my own deep work. This is what I'm gonna do. July 29th, 2020 she offered me and said, I am going to move out of my space. And the only person that I would offer it up to is you. And she was like, bare soul is doing amazing work in the community. Um, And I think it's also important to mention that Suzanne is um, a white woman from Richmond. And Um, A lot of our work and our friendship centers around our identities and being in the wellness world. Um, And we've got a really special soul connection with work to do together. And she said, I'm going to place it on the table. And this is right after I said I was traveling the world. And every time that I got distracted from this invitation, Divine showed up. And so I started seeing the numbers 1117. And every time I got distracted, every time I got distracted, and um, I sit down on the floor with her one day, like three, four weeks after, and I said, "I don't know what to do." And I started seeing thirteen, thirteen, and I was like, "I don't know what that means." And she goes, "Oh, like the space in which I'm offering you to come into. The address is thirteen South Thirteenth Street."
0: Mm.
1: And I was like, "Okay." And when you do thirteen South Thirteenth Street. It adds up to my power number, which is eight, which is my life path number. So when I say divine, it's really divine. I stepped into the space and I um, said that I was like, you know, I don't know that this is bare soul, right? Like I, it's way bigger than bare soul, um, but it has bare soul energy, but it's way bigger than bare soul. And I was talking to one of my elders who does a lot of community justice and sort of work here in Richmond. And he goes, well, I I told him, I said, you know, I'm feeling really called to call this the well collective. And it's something that came to me years ago. I've done nothing with it. And he goes, well, have you looked up the street? And I said, no, like what's up the street? And he goes, there's a well, it's also one of the largest, um, slave auction sites in the city. And I said, (laughs) I was like, okay, done. We're good. And I said, yes, we moved in on November 1st, 2021, which is 11, 11, So everything has literally been divine guidance. And when I say that, I don't know, it really is that like I've asked divine and my ancestors to guide because I know that there's work to do and I'm not always clear on what it is. And so the energy work has really been so I can see very clearly how I'm being guided versus like ego coming in because it's a beautiful space. It's really awesome to be a black woman entrepreneur and all the other labels. And, you know, we do a lot of good work, me and the team of ambassadors and I could easily want a business or a space. And I've had to be really intentional to say, what is the purpose of this space? And so we moved in November, um, November 1st with a seven month commitment. So I'll go with that eleven seventeen for seven yes. months that also came up with a conversation. Um, It was a sublease. And so it was a seven month conversation. And I mean, it was a um, conversation that me and Suzanne had. She's like, I don't know why you're saying no, when your lease would start November 1st and for seven months, like that seems pretty divine to me. Um, And so we did it. And the purpose of the seven months were to, create a space for all of the ambassadors to have work opportunity and to be supported over the the time in which you know you know economic opportunity was low um, work was hard to find but also at a time where our community especially the black community in Richmond really needed a home and a space of support and mm-hmm. I was so I was so concerned about how certain spaces showed up in the midst of COVID, like bringing people together. But when I made that decision, I had such a grounding sensation that I was doing the right thing um, and that I could create and not that I could, but bringing people together in that way was supported. And so it didn't feel like I had to think about it too much. Um, Mm -hmm. So we did that. Um, and we did our virtual programming, and we held um, opportunities for people just to come together, and we had discussions and dialogues around, like, race and our community healing, and so this became the space for us, um, became the space for Bare Soul for seven months, and in March, I, I was, like, hold on. I haven't really decided if we're going to stay or not. I was like, we've been so much in the work. I'm like talking about the well collective and just like, you know, I need to have a sign. Like, this is not an Ashley decision. It's way bigger than me. And I was like, I need to have a sign. So I took a sabbatical in March and a 21 day sabbatical from all work. And the day that my aunt passed away, which was March 11th. I walked into our lobby and the Well Collective sign was up. It was supposed to be up months ago, and I said, mm. "Okay, That's yeah, fine." I was like, "I guess we're here." And I um, called the landlord and I said, "I think we're—I mean, we're staying." And so since then, um, just really putting energy into creating this space called the Well Collective, um, which is meant to be a landing and a launching plate. Um, first and foremost for black wellness professionals and practitioners and, um, and, and serve as a resource to gain education, to hold space, to create economic freedom. Cause we also know that Richmond is also the epicenter of how we like our economic system mm-hmm. throughout our mm-hmm. country and um, being able to create a space where people can create economic freedom is really important to me, especially in the wellness space. And so we have black owned businesses here that serve their products, both local and national. We have people of all ages that are gonna be serving. So it's supposed to, it's really going to be an intergenerational um, space for people of all ages and and really two backgrounds, right? So I want the foundation to to really center black healing and intergenerational healing. Um, but I hope it begins and continues to be a space where diversity and connection and and support for our overall well-being is really emphasized and centered. So that is what we are doing in this moment. Um, we are fully launching um, at this time, like in, in the fall, as we as we come mm-hmm. up into that. And so I am really grateful to just like let spirit continue to guide. And I'm in no rush to to create any one thing because support has shown up um, in so many different ways to be like, oh, we're doing the right thing. And we actually don't need to hold you tightly to any one way.
0: Mm -hmm. I just, I love, I love this. And I, again, love how you're listening and you're asking for signs and you're receiving them which sounds simple and, and it's not, I think for many people, the mind gets in the way of that or forgetting we're held by something bigger, right. And feeling like we're disconnected connected, um, can get in the way of, of us really knowing like the divine is in relationship with us, our ancestors in relationship, the natural world is all of the time and communicating. Um, so I love, the numerology and the, the listening like I need a sign okay here's the sign this is where I'm this meant to be and the, the groundedness that can come from that practice in the way you described and the visioning listening to what the space is the the well collective and and listening to how you're co-creating it and what you want there yeah. And and speaking that aloud so it can actually happen like you're not just saying it to me you're saying it to everyone and you're also saying it to spirit too. This is what I
1: want. Mm-hmm. The co-creation to me has been thinking and speaking around it has been such a healing and liber- liberatory like for me. And it's I said on the day that we did the blessing of the spaces and I and I told the people that were. Around, I said, um, I invite in the co-creation of this space. Like, and I also invite in like what true relationship and community is going to mean. And I know that that's not easy. And so I'm going to invite all of us into that because I truly believe that it's not that we're, I truly believe that we're doing something different, but we're doing something really powerful. And Mm
0: -hmm.
1: over the past seven months, it has really been, or the seven months that we initially started the commitment to the space, um, a liberation and love practice of being in relationship with the Black community and all of our identities and the multifacets that, that we bring, um, being in relationship with our community as a whole, being in relationship with the with Richmond as well-being practitioners and professionals and students. And it's not always that easy Unless we feel supported and guided to have real honest conversation and to identify and understand our own bias in, in the black body and the black experience. And we're doing it in the like space on the land in which all oppression has really like began and we're like black families and black communities were separated and Mm -hmm. where, where our lives were devalued. And to me, like, it's been such a living, a living and lived experience of dismantling what oppression looks like for us all individually. And so it's been a really beautiful thing to watch. It's also been really, really hard, but really, really supported. And I sometimes have to take a step back and be like, Oh, we're doing this and and then the main thing that I've really been really been uh, present with recently is the owning of our lives and the owning of our own experience and so I've been really present to the resources in which you know I've either been given or I've acquired or have supported me and supported the space, like been really present to those. And then it's like, how can I continue to support and trust that my support or my giving and my offering is is needed and vital. Right. So it be, it's less of the I and becomes a we. And that's a liberation practice too, because for me, I had to learn trust and I had to learn um. Presence and I had to learn my own support and and then be able to witness that in others. So it's been really uh, life changing this past year. And so I say that there's a lot of things that have come over this last year that you know have really shifted the ways that I've thought or ways that I've lived, ways that I've given, ways that I've loved, ways that ways that I've listened. And I've I'm so grateful for them and. I'm so grateful for what's to come and how we all continue to like liberate ourselves through our own individual healing. Because I know that if I didn't center myself, like if I know that I didn't center myself, I wouldn't have the sustainability to center the, the work in which I believe my own experience has been given to do. And that's really important to me. Um, to continue to honor that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so so powerful. The connection between your own care and sustainability, and also what you named about the co-creation process and liberation, and the being supported and it being really difficult, right? And and wading through it and trusting really that it would land where it will land where you want it to land. And I. Earlier I said, oh, you're healing your your bloodline and yourself and the future. And it's making me think about the land and that you're actually doing some deep energy work with the land, um, with the space, given everything you've named and everything we understand about Richmond and its history and um, how powerful it is to be where you are. And it's definitely on purpose, right? And just how expansive the healing sounds like it it is and will continue to be so thanks for for listening and taking on on the big assignment (laughs) apparently spirit and ancestors gave you because it's big that's big work yeah
1: thank you and I well thank you's the wrong thing I guess not the wrong but I'm grateful and I'm here and I'm present for it and sometimes I'll be like is it and then I'm like I get we're we're, it doesn't need to it doesn't need to right and so um I get back into that space of gratitude um Mm -hmm. it's definitely supportive in it all
0: yeah I would love for you to share um some about in what's coming up for you in the fall of their programs or things I know you're about to launch but um other things that you want folks to know about and in the show notes I'll I'll Add, how folks can connect with you
1: awesome so um, of course the well collective so looking out for just kind of how that continues to form and um, and i mentioned that because that idea and the hope is that you know we support local richmond um, community from a workforce space but then also um, our general community and, and doing that by bringing in people virtually and in person. And so if there's an offering or a connection that just is like, Oh, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of healing like Richmond, because I know that things that happen in Richmond will ripple through our country, um, in ways that I actually can't even imagine, but I actually envision that happening. And so I call in support from, all different spaces um, to do work here that will then ripple. And so that's probably the biggest thing. And program wise, I'm really looking forward to um, a community leadership um, training that we're going to be doing in the winter of, well, winter 2021 and um, leading into 2022. Um, So just a call for, you know, a if you want to be a part of it, and it's really just like the embodied, like using um, yoga and mindfulness and awareness of trauma responsive practices and um, language around social justice and all of those things to to be a, an aware community leader. And so, whether you're interested in um, engaging and learning more about yoga as an embodiment practice, and then you know the the importance and the, the power, the transformative power of all of those things that I just named, I invite you to join it. And so all of that will be on, um, bare soul yoga's website. Um, but then also if you are interested in leading anything, um, because you have that skill to do that, I call that into, um, but that's really, those are the biggest right now that I think that my energy is really moving into. Um, is the support of the Well Collective. And then the, just the call for more community leaders to um, either take in that information or give out the information um, of really becoming more aware and embodied to really lead co-creation of our spaces, um, both within institutions and, and communities. I feel like those are those are the biggest. Um, and you can find me and uh, the work and the, my, the communities in which I'm involved in um at the well collective on instagram on the website um at bear soul yoga on instagram the website and then i have my, my own personal website i am ashley and so i'm also AshleyJ_Williams j on instagram i write really long captions most of the time that really share my experience and thoughts on the world and so i'm really follow me connect with me on those spaces hmm Thank you. You are Ashley Williams, for
0: sure. Thank you for, for all you're doing and your community and the world. And um, I trust it will ripple out as well in such impactful ways. And thank you for being here today. It's been good to connect with you in this way. And I so appreciate who you are and how you show up. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me and sharing and co-creating this space. Um, yeah. And reminding me of the importance of, of finding refuge, you know, and it's really present right now for me and just like understanding that I am in my own home. And um, for me, Mm -hmm. that's really um, what refuge has been. So thank you for bringing that reminder, especially during this conversation.
0: Yes, of course. Thanks, Ashley.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Michelle.
0: I hope you enjoyed the episode. So, as you all may know, I have a new book out, Finding Refuge, Heart, Work for Healing Collective Grief, published by Shambhala Publications. It was published on July 13th, 2021, and can be found anywhere where books are sold. Along with the book, you can join me for some offerings focused on finding refuge and focused on collective grief, ritual, and processing trauma, allowing it to move through so that we can get free. We'll explore the connection between grief and liberation. You can support the podcast Finding Refuge by telling your friends about it and rating it on iTunes. You can support my work in the world by becoming a patron on Patreon. You can find me there as Michelle C. Johnson, Skill in Action, I offer monthly Dharma talks, rituals, meditations, or movement practices. I hope you join me there. Take care. Be well, friends.